Help I Got a Mac podcast episode number 167. Entertaining, educational, and encouraging content that makes a difference. This is GSPN.TV. Join the community. Everybody and welcome back to another episode of Help I Got a Mac. My name is Cliff Ravenscraft, and this is the podcast devoted to helping you, the brand new Mac user, find answers to all of your questions. And it's also for you, the Mac enthusiast and fanboy that's inside of many of us, just crawling at our skin, trying to break itself through. Uh, yes, that's right. We are devoted to all things Apple here in this show, and of course, that could be the Mac. It could be the MacBook Air. It could be the MacBook. It could be your iPad, iPad 2, iPhone, or iPod. It doesn't matter. It's all Mac, and it's all good. My friends, I want to apologize for the fact that we had no show last week. If you're wondering what was going on, our great friend and wonderful co-host and knowledgeable about all things Mac... Chris Biting unfortunately had himself a little bit of an accident last week. And I'm talking about his a car accident, actually. Good news, great news, actually, is that Chris is okay. He had no harm done whatsoever. However, his car folded in half or something similar to it. He sent me over a twit pick and it didn't look too good. But uh, we're just thankful that everything was okay uh, and that he was not hurt and... Uh, you know, of course, that's what we got insurance for, right? Anyway, so uh, Chris had that happen right before we were supposed to go live last week, and he texted me from the scene and says, dude, I don't think I'm going to make it. And uh, I guess uh, I should probably explain to you why you're not hearing uh, Chris's voice right now, and that is because Chris is currently on vacation this week, and so I am flying solo. That's right, my friends. I am flying solo in the Help I Got a Mac podcast. And so, therefore, this week is Help I Have a Mac podcast. Uh, because I don't know if I can answer all the questions that are out there. And I don't even know if I'm going to do justice to all of the news that's happening. But I'm going to try. And the reason why I'm going to go solo this week is because, unfortunately, and I'll let you know this ahead of time, thankfully, that next week there won't be a show for Help I Got a Mac either. And the reason why is because I will be in New York City. I'm uh, speaking at Blog World and New Media Expo. If you go over to podcastanswerman.com, over on the right-hand side, you'll see a big, huge, gigantic badge that says, I'm speaking at Blog World and New Media Expo NYC 2011. If you click on that little badge, or actually it's quite a big badge, if you click on that, it'll take you to a blog post that'll talk all about my uh, New York City experience that I'm getting ready to have next week on uh, Monday, May 23rd, all the way through Thursday, May 26th. And uh, if you happen to be in the New York City area, I want to let you know I'm throwing a meetup uh, that I'm going to be uh, hanging out in New York all day long that day, flying in a day early just to make sure that I can hang out with some folks from the gspn.tv community who might be in or around the NYC area. If you want to meet up, head over to that blog post that I was just telling you about. There's a link somewhere in there. You just have to read the blog post, but uh, there's a link in there about the meetup as well, and you can register, and I would love to hang out with you. So 
hopefully we'll see you there. All right, so what am I going to do here? Uh, I, I just found out, unfortunately, that uh, Chris is not going to be here this week, and so I have nothing prepared ahead of time, but that's okay. I, I, am, a Mac, I am a Mac fan, and while I do not subscribe to many RSS feeds, I do subscribe to one overall technology feed, and I also happen to subscribe to one RSS feed that has nothing other than Mac-related stories. And so with that being said, I do have some stories that I've seen this week or over the past couple weeks uh, that I think might be of interest. And so what I'm going to do is kind of build this show as I go. And uh, what that means is I'm going to pause, I'm going to read a story, and then I'm going to come and talk about it, and then I'm going to pause, I'm going to go find another story, and I'm going to come back and talk about it, and hopefully you're not even going to notice the pauses. And so I probably shouldn't have even told you all of that, but hey, I am all about just telling you what's happening behind the scenes here, right? So anyway, we're going to get things started with our first story of the day. Okay, and the first story that I have here comes from MacStories.com. I'll put a link to it. It says here that iPhone 4S to go into production in August. Now, the this is not the iPhone 5. The, uh, the rumors are saying, and, and a lot of rumors, a lot of different places are reporting iPhone 4S being the name of the new phone that's going to possibly and potentially be launched here in September 2011. Now, what they're saying here is that this is not going to have LTE capability, which that means nothing to me, so not a big deal. I'm sure it's some kind of 4G faster network kind of deal, but uh, I've been getting really great connections on my iPhone 3G here in my area, so it's it's not been a huge issue for me. Uh, but I will say here that it says that uh, they're looking at um, possibly having as many are having the chips in there that's going to include both CDMA and 3G together from Qualcomm, which basically means that they can actually get the Verizon and potentially the AT&T all in one device, and so they won't have two separate phones anymore. The other things that I'm hearing is that there's going to be an 8 megabyte, or I'm sorry, 8 megapixel camera, which means that the camera will be even better. And I've heard rumors that there might even be 1080p capabilities built into the next phone. Uh, Also, I believe the A4 dual-core chips, all of that good stuff. These are the things that I'm hearing about the next iPhone, and it looks like it's going to be out within the next, what is that, four months. So this, this could be some very good stuff for those of you who have been waiting for your next iPhone especially for those of you who are still sporting a 3G, if you are, or if you happen to have the 3GS, this will be a good one for you. Uh, now, the thing is, is that uh, I possibly will hold off until the iPhone 5. I don't, I don't know that I need anything more than my iPhone 4 at this time, and I'm still in contract. I don't know if I'd want to pay the extra fee to, to, to do that early upgrade or whatever the case may be, but still... Uh, We'll have to see what the phone actually does have. Too much rumor, too much speculation going on out there now. Another thing that I've heard is rumors, and and I don't have uh, anything to link back to at this moment in time, but man, I've heard it all over the place, is that there are rumors that the iPhone could be coming to Sprint and T-Mobile as well here in the United States. And that, my friends, would be very awesome. I, I, I would be glad to see that happen. The more people who have the iPhone, the better, 
because when Verizon brought out the iPhone, I can tell you right now, things kind of lightened up a little bit over here at AT AT&T as far as um, them giving you a little bit more to, you know, to stay competitive with Verizon. And so if if Sprint and T-Mobile get the phone, it's, I think it's only going to make things that much better and potentially even bring my phone bills down even lower. Want something sooner than uh, September? Well, if you have been waiting uh, and you wanted to see what happens to these MacBook Airs, but you never pulled the trigger on them, let me first tell you this. I have an 11-inch MacBook Air, and I love it. It is amazing. It is awesome. This, my friends, is not a netbook. It is an amazing, awesome, powerful machine that I absolutely adore and love. And a matter of fact, I'm looking forward to taking it to uh, New York City with me to, uh, to, to do all kinds of stuff. So um, a matter of fact, I'll be running my business off of an 11-inch MacBook Air, and I have no doubt that I'll be able to do everything that I want to do off of that while I'm in New York uh, and, and basically managing and administrating and leading an entire class of 20 people who are learning how to podcast from A to Z. It's going to be amazing. I'm very excited about it. But if you've been holding off, the good news is that it seems like uh, in June or July of this year, uh, there could be potential uh, new MacBook Airs out there. In fact, uh, some rumors are saying here that the Sandy Bridge processor and Thunderbolt technology will be built into the new revision of the MacBook Airs and that those should be out this summer. So uh, there you go. I'm very much looking forward to uh, seeing people, you know, continue to purchase these products. The, I, I think the MacBook Air is is just an a, amazing computer. If, if you're looking for your very first Mac, um, I know that the price point on the MacBook Air is very appealing. I want to recommend that you don't purchase the, the MacBook Air as your first Mac computer. However, if you um, have a Mac, you love the Mac, and you're looking for a portable Mac, the MacBook Airs are the way to go. I love them, I love them, I love them. But uh, I know that some folks, like my good friend Chris Biting, says that he has to have the power of his MacBook Pro uh, for video editing and stuff like that. But if you're looking for just administrative, productive work, uh, productivity type of work while you're out and about and on the go, kind of like the things that I'll be doing, mostly running presentations, creating presentations, um, you know, maybe doing some screen flow, uh, re- you know, screen capture recording and answering a bunch of emails, that, that's pretty much what I'm going to be doing on the road. All of that can be done on the MacBook Air, no problem at all. And I'm glad to see that this Thunderbolt technology is, you know, slowly working its way through the entire Apple line. In other news that happened since the last time I recorded, uh, Microsoft has purchased Skype. It's it's a piece of software that I run on my Mac every single day of the week. It's how I communicate mostly with my uh, virtual assistant who lives in Nashville, Tennessee. It's also how I communicate with all of my co-hosts for our various podcasts here at gspn.tv. Now, with this being said, um, you know, I was kind of concerned. There were there were talks, there were rumors about Facebook and Google trying to purchase 
uh, Skype, and I wasn't too happy about that. But to be honest with you, I'm not sure that I'm all that excited about Microsoft actually getting their hands on this company. However, with that being said, Microsoft's got a lot of money behind them, and they have devoted or made a promise that they're going to remain devoted to having the standalone products on the Mac platform as well as on the iOS devices. It'll be interesting to see if they come out with an iPad version of Skype. That would be nice. That would optimize for that size screen. But uh, that being said, I'm still very glad uh, to know that Skype is going to continue to work in its current form on my P- on my Mac as well as on uh, my I- my iPhone. And in fact, uh, I- I'm getting ready to head to New York City. And of course, you guys know that you can't do FaceTime over 3G without uh, jailbreaking your phone. So I plan on having some video chat with my family uh, via the Skype application on the uh, iPhone 4. So looking forward to doing that while I'm in New York and staying in touch with my family. So uh, good news there. In other news related to Skype, uh, there was all kinds of information out there about a Skype vulnerability. All right. Now, this is one where I'll put the link in the show notes for you and you'll want to check this out. Uh, but there supposedly there's this organization and let me see if I can pull it up here and uh, get you some information on it. Anyway, it is called uh, a company called Pure Hacking found a vulnerability where where um, somebody who is on your contact list could send you a, a chat message and it would have a payload of this malicious software that would run on your computer and give root access to the person who sent you the message. Now, of course, this person would have to be in your contact list. And you might think, well, I only have a few people on my contact list and none of them would do that to me. And the question would be, well, okay, I am in a similar situation, but what if somebody who's on my contact list has somebody on their contact list who had somebody on their contact list who had somebody who would send this and that person got shell access to that person's computer who then was able to find their Skype connection and send contact message or you know chat messages to everybody in that person's list who then sends it to everybody in that list who then all of a sudden sends me the message you could see how this could potentially cause all kinds of havoc and i know that i was a little worried there for a little bit you know for in my mind this is the first time as a mac owner that i read a story where i said you know i i think there's a potential risk here to my own computer the risk is very small not something that I was super ultra concerned about, but here's the situation. On 9-5-2011, um, Pure Hacking actually did an update. says, we can confirm that Skype has been fixed, uh, has fixed this issue in version 5.1.0.922 or greater. Uh, it requires a manual update. All prior, all, And it says here, all prior versions are vulnerable. According to Skype, this patch will be pushed out next week. And of course, that should all be out there now. But here's the situation. I have, you know, I had a a prior version of Skype running on my Mac because I did not like Skype 5. And um, well, because of the story, I did upgrade to Skype 5 and I hate it. I loathe it. It is horrible. However, with that being said, it took me a long time to figure out where everything is. And now that I know where it's at, I know how to get to the things that I want, but man, is it horrible. Even even though I know exactly where I need to go, even though I know exactly what buttons and what kind of combination of mouse punches I have to do to get to what I want to do, it is a pain in the rear. And here's the good news. 
you know, Microsoft, they're not known, in my opinion, for their great uh, user interface. In my opinion, the good news here is that there's no way that Microsoft could make it any worse. But who knows? I might have to bite my tongue. We'll have to just see about that. Either way, my recommendation is as much as you might hate Skype 5, I would certainly recommend that you do upgrade to Skype, the most recent version of Skype. Just just make sure that you don't have that vulnerability. All right, so uh, the next thing I have here is I understand um, just from looking at the, the feeds here that the next version of the operating system for Apple, uh, OSX Lion, is actually going to, to be released via the App Store. So this will be the first time where you can actually go into the App Store, purchase a operating system upgrade, and and install it that way. That's that's going to be interesting. I don't know how that's going to happen, but you know, obviously, I trust that Apple has done lots of testing and they've got all the bugs and kinks worked out before they'll make it available to us. Personally, I have no intentions of upgrading to OSX Lion until my existing software that I already run says. I'm sorry, you cannot run this latest version of this software unless you upgrade the Lion. And my friends, that will probably be at least three to six months after Lion is out. Uh, and so, I, you know, I, I do know that there is a certain piece of software that I use that is working on a, a new version of their software. I want, I'm not allowed to say which, which software package that is. But uh, I do know that they're working on it. I don't know if it's going to be Lion compatible only, but man, if it is, it could it it would be that one. It would be that one piece of software that would force me to upgrade to the newest version of the OS. And so I'm not looking forward to that. And I may even hold off on upgrading that piece of software uh, for several months because here's my feelings: is that while the operating system might be stable and awesome. It's not necessarily true that all of my existing software that I rely on is has all their bugs worked out with uh, making sure they're compatible with the new operating systems. So with that being said, not too excited about this one. Now, th- looks here, looks like here there's a story uh, that the next iPhone might possibly have over-the-air updates. Now, I'm going to pull this up here, read it, and, and come back and tell you what this story says. Okay, it basically is talking about wireless carriers and whether or not they're going to be able to come to some negotiations that would allow them to do, you know, iOS updates via the the uh, the actual you know carriers uh, data networks. Now, you figure these things are almost a gigabyte, to, uh, you know, as far as these files. I don't know about you guys, but my TomTom is one of those applications that I have the ability to up, update. Um, and even if I do that via Wi-Fi, trying to do it on my phone, it's slow as not. So to be honest with you, this is something I'm not even looking forward to. You know what? I'm more excited about the opportunity to actually wirelessly, without any need of having confirmation from your, or an agreement with Verizon or AT&T, I'm looking forward to being able to just wirelessly sync via the local Wi-Fi connection network here in my studio with my iTunes so that if, you know, if why, why can't I just do that? Why do I have to plug in a cable? Of course, we've been talking about this forever, and that's kind of a, you know, dead horse that we're going to continue to beat, I guess. But uh, it's one that I'm not too worried about. 
All right. So uh, let's see here. It looks like somebody said that Apple overtakes Google and becomes the world's most valuable brand. Uh, not really sure how that actually affects my day-to-day living, so I'm not going to concern myself with it too much. But that's pretty much uh, the news stories there. Um, let me see if I can follow any or find anything else here in the show notes. Uh, this is from Aaron Benedict. He says, while Spotlight does a decent job searching for messages, I find it I find it limiting since I can't um, do a more complex search. For example, I'd like to search for a message by someone and by the subject or a text of the message. Are there any plugins for mail, the mail app on the Mac, that would improve the searching? Aaron, unfortunately, I do not have the answer to this question for you, my friend. Hopefully, you know, Chris will hear this and and possibly uh, chime in next week. More than likely, however, if anybody out there is listening to this and you have some thoughts, uh, I would love it if you'd give me a call at 859-795-4067. Again, that's 859-795-4067. Let us know if you have any suggestions for Aaron on how he can do better searching in through his mail app. Now, I did see online at gspncommunity.com, somebody had responded and said that, you know, OSX Lion is supposed to have better search capabilities that might allow for some of this. So there you go. Uh, Steven asked this question in the online community. He says, uh, when I unplug my 13-inch MacBook Pro from the external monitor, which is a 27-inch, uh, the windows are all sized for the large screen. I'm wondering, is there is there a way, a command or app that I can that I can use to resize all open windows to fit on the 13 inch screen size? Stephen, I don't have an answer for you specifically to do exactly what you want to do with all apps or with all windows. But I can tell you that I currently am in possession of an awesome application that I use every single day. I got it in the Mac App Store. I love it. I don't. I think it's probably a dollar ninety nine, so it's not too expensive. Try this out and tell me if you don't love it. It's called Better Snap Tool. Better Snap Tool, all one word. Go over and uh, install that. Basically, what happens is you can take those big, huge, oversized windows, and you can um, you can easily just drag the menu uh, bar, just like you would move, like you would do to move the window around, and just drag it up to the top, and it will go full screen. Drag it over to the top right hand corner, and it'll fill the the top right quadrant of the screen. Drag it down to the bottom, it resizes it down to the bottom right quadrant of the screen. This is really cool on my 27 inch, by the way. I I can actually have four programs, four windows open, and it takes up equal four spots. Absolutely love it. Um, I do go to meeting and go to webinar stuff, and I switch my screen resolution to uh, tw- let's see to yeah twelve eighty by seven twenty. Is that what it is? Yeah, I do twelve eighty by seven. 720- 20. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, 1280 by 720. So I, I switch it over to seven or 1280 by 720 so that people who have smaller monitors when they're actually watching my go-to-meeting sessions, they can see everything extremely well. And then when I switch it back to my default, which is 2560 by 1440, those windows are all super, super tiny or whatever. Or um, when I'm actually from going from 2560 to 14, 2560 by 1440 down to 1280 by 720, 
then my I have the same issue that you're experiencing. And Better Snap Tool allows me to easily just drag things up to the menu bar, drag things over to the right, resizes in a snap. <laughs> no, well, actually, pen and, pun intended. There you go. Better Snap Tool. I'm just gonna just uh, Better Snap Tool suggestion in the Mac App Store. There you go. Steven, check that out. I think you are going to love it. I know I do. All righty. That is all I have here. Um, I do have some voice messages. So with that being said, let's turn over to the voicemail feedback hotline right now. Our first call is from Jeff Gentry. And Jeff, take it away. Hi, this is Jeff Gentry, X-Force 11, calling in for help. I got a Mac. This is a review of UPad, a uh, writing app for the iPad. It's a neat app. It's uh, $4.99, and it's well worth the price. You can choose uh, multiple stationary types, and you can go in, you know, anything in there from uh, paper uh, looking like uh, notebook paper to uh, sheet music, lots of different paper types. It will let you type in there using the on-screen keyboard, but it will also let you write using a stylus or your finger. The cool thing is you can do a box that enlarges, so you're writing in a larger spot, and it's recording it on the screen in a smaller space. Uh, Another neat feature of the U-Pad is the fact that you can take existing documents, pull them in, and make annotations on them. Uh, you can take a PDF in, write on it um, in different colors, make annotations, make uh, notes, that kind of stuff. Also, you can save this on the UPad in the, their proprietary format, but you can also export it as a picture or as a PDF. You can email it. You can send it to Dropbox. You can even send it to your iBooks as a PDF. So it's a great and versatile app, and it's the best app that I've found so far for taking notes and things like that. Um, I've used it, and I've turned a friend of mine onto it, and he's used it as well. Um, he's a professor, and he's going to use it in some of his uh, classes. So I just thought I'd write in uh, this review of the UPad app for um, Help I Got a Mac, and you can find that app in the store uh, online. Thanks, guys. Bye. All right, Jeff, thank you so much. UPad sounds very interesting. It sounds like if somebody sent you a PDF document of something that you had to sign, when you're saying that you can annotate it, I'm wondering if you can actually use your finger and sign it or if you had uh, some kind of one of those pogo sticks or something like that. I've got this thing called the Cosmonaut coming that was a Kickstarter project. I wonder if you could sign it and then export it as a PDF and email it out. Hmm, sounds interesting. I know there are other applications out there that will allow you to do such things, but uh, I would love to know that. But thank you so much for that wonderful review at that app review. Love, love, love getting those, my friends. So if you guys have, and, and, and by the way, take some notes there. All right. So, so Jeff sent that in. It was like, what, two minutes or less? Totally awesome. It's very hard, folks, if we have more than three minutes to, to include into a show. So uh, but we do love getting the app reviews, and Jeff, I certainly appreciate that one. All right, let's see who is up next here. And it looks like it's Andy Traub. Andy, take it away. 
Hey guys, Andy Traub here with an iMac purchase question. I am considering two options. One is a 21-inch refurbished iMac. Probably cost me about $950. Um, again, straight from Apple, refurbished. And I would get that, and I would also buy some sort of ex um, external monitor extension so I could have two monitors, uh, the main iMac monitor and external monitor, or spend an extra two or $300 and just get a 27-inch and not have external monitors. Um, I don't want to spend $1,400 and then another $150 to get an external monitor adapter. So 27-inch iMac or 21-inch iMac with um, another monitor. Your thoughts. Thanks. Andy, I'll tell you what. I'm going to give you my thoughts right here, right now. It is all the way 27-inch monitor. And besides, when you think about adapter to add an external monitor to that, you're looking at $30. I mean, so, I mean, it, it, and you can actually get them for 20 bucks, or, or actually, you might even find them cheap, way cheaper than that at monoprice.com. But there is no doubt in my mind that I would go 27-inch uh, iMac. I have a 21-inch refurb upstairs that we use as the family computer, and yeah, it's great. It's a Mac. I love it. I really do. But it is nothing like using and staring at a 27-inch iMac. And I am not kidding you. Literally, I, I keep you heard the screen resolution I'm using. I'm using 2560 by 1440. And my my golly, I can actually do I can do four windows and still read everything crystal clear. I can have like, for example, I can have a browser window that is the top left quadrant that has um, uh, Gmail open. I can have the bottom left quadrant that is a browser with Google Calendar open. I can have the right top quadrant open with, uh, you know, my to-do list software, Wonderlist. And on my bottom right quadrant window, I could have TweetDeck up and running and literally have all of that going all at the same time, all on one 27-inch monitor. Well, and if that's not good enough, I did spend the extra $20 or whatever, $20 or $30, and got the little dongle. And I have off to the right of my 27-inch iMac, I have a 23-inch um, uh, dis display, the HP display. I think it's the same one you have, Andy, um, which basically runs at 1080p on that one. So, I mean, it's 12. What is that? Anyway, you know what 1080p is. I can tell you right here because I've got it up and running, uh, which is, uh, well, it just says 1080p. So whatever 1080p is, <laughs> it, it, it's the resolution that I'm running. So anyway, um, definitely, in my opinion, Hands down, no questions asked, 27-inch versus the 21-inch. I would go 27-inch all the way. Next up, we got Santos, who just recently purchased a computer. And let's hear how he think, what he thinks about a 27-inch iMac. Hey, Cliff. This is uh, Santos Ali again from Deltona, Florida. Um, I guess if you don't know by now, he's calling me Sam. Um, I am calling, this is for help, I got a Mac. Uh, I am glad to say and just wanted to uh, give you word that I have actually gotten the iMac 27 inch and it is beautiful. It's not the latest model, but um, what I did was I went on to uh, Craigslist on the day that the new iMac came out with the Thunderbolt 
And um, I was just out of curiosity, was uh, looking through, saw that there was a ton of iMacs just being sold for dirt cheap. I actually picked up uh, an i7 quad-core 27-inch uh, iMac, um, one terabyte, um, 256 SSD, uh, I mean, fully decked out eight gigabytes, I believe, um, of RAM, uh, and a bunch of software on it for $1,100. That's right, $1,100. I was, I have been pricing it for months, um, even knowing that the new revision was coming out with uh, for the IMAX and the Thunderbolt and excited about that, but uh, a little bit too pricey for me uh, but I am glad that I did get this uh, iMac, um, even though it's not the latest model. It is awesome. It is wonderful. I will never go back to a PC ever, ever, ever again. I know exactly what you mean. This is just a wonderful, beautiful work of art. So just wanted to share that, and then for anyone who might be hearing, hey, this might be your opportunity. You might not get the latest one, but if you definitely um, are looking to uh, pick one up, maybe the quote-unquote older model now might be a good starting place for you. God bless and take care, guys. Keep up the good work. Bye-bye. All right, Santos, thank you so much. And there you go, Andy. Another satisfied 27-inch iMac owner who absolutely loves that beautiful piece of art that sits on the table. All right, so uh, one last call. Let's take this one from Dustin. Dustin, take it away, my friend. Hi, Cliff and Chris. This is Dustin Hartzler from Dayton, Ohio, and I'm calling for the Help I Got a Mac podcast. And I just wanted to add a a comment from episode number 166. You were talking about um, different services that you can use besides Photoshop and looking for a low-cost solution. And I actually have one that is called Acorn, and it's a really um, inexpensive app. I think it's $50 in the Mac App Store. And Cliff, it has the cool um, little button that you can select, the magic wand button, if you will. So that is what I wanted to share. You can purchase it once for $49.99 or whatever the cost is. It's right around that, and you can put it on all your Macs. And it works pretty much everything that you can do in Photoshop, you can do in Acorn. So you can check that out. I believe flyingmeat.com is the URL, or you can find it in the Mac App Store. Once again, this is Dustin from yourwebsiteengineer.com. All right, Dustin, I'm looking at it here. It says Acorn, the image editor for humans. And uh, while I'm actually doing this, I'm going to hit the H button here, which is going to start that music. And it says here, everyone needs to edit images at some point, but not everyone has the time to learn super pricey whiz-bang image editing programs. This is why we created Acorn. Add text, add and shapes to your digital pictures, combine images together to create your own, work with layers to touch up your favorites or mark or make something new from scratch. Do all this with Acorn. Says it's got a palette, it's got layers, it's got tutorials. You can do text and drawing, erasing um, layer masks. Uh, block out unwanted pictures of your air, of the thing here. You've got gradients, vector shapes, screenshots. As long as Acorn is open, the command shift six in any application will make a screenshot and bring it right into your uh, program there. 
You can do selections, web export, uh, Photoshop files. It now offers improved support for PSDs uh, and exporting images as uh, PSD files as well. This looks really, really, really interesting. The thing is, though, he mentioned that it has the one thing I'm looking for, which is the magic wand. That is not something that I ever use. However, what I am using is something called the magic extract tool. And it's where I can actually paint certain little bits and pieces that, of things that I want to keep. And, and then I can paint in a different color things, little bits and pieces of things I want to kind of erase and take away. And it will take what I've kind of highlighted and stuff like that. And I press a little button and it goes and tries to uh, magically erase all of the background that I don't want there. And it gets it right about nine times out of ten. And uh, the times that it doesn't get it right, I basically just need to go in and say, oh, you know what? Also, let me block this out. Also, let me keep this and and run the process again. And then it gets it right the next time. So different than the magic wand uh, and uh, stuff like that. Um, but anyway, it, 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 it sounds like this is a great program. And uh, so thank you very much, Dustin, for telling me about it. Personally, I'm going to pr- myself wait until... I can get some Photoshop uh, elements action happening inside the the app store. And as soon as I do, I'm going to rebuy elements and put it on all my machines. But uh, at least uh, for those of you who don't want to spend the, what is it, $99, you can get half that price. You can actually spend it on Acorn. It looks like you can do a lot of cool stuff there. My friends, that's going to wrap it up for this week's episode of Help I Got a Mac. If you enjoy this podcast... Uh, and you want to support the content that we do here at gspn.tv, head over to gspn.tv slash plus and learn how you can help support the content and the community that is gspn.tv. If you haven't ever done so, head over to gspn.tv slash plus. And for those of you who are taking advantage of the new way that we do plus membership and you have uh, you know, basically not been uh, doing the monthly contributions anymore, it's not a big deal. But if you want to uh, just say, hey, you know what? It's been a while. I'm going to head over and do a one-time contribution. You can do that over there at gspn.tv plus as well. If you guys want to give me a call with your feedback and questions for the show, it's 859-795-4067. Again, that's 859-795-4067. And of course, uh, if you're going to be in the New York, New York City area on Monday, May 23rd, I would love to have you join us on our meetup information over there at uh, podcastanswerman.com. Just click on that little I'm speaking at Blog World deal. Look for the link to the New York City meetup. And of course, if you're going to be at Blog World Expo, I hope that you'll come to my session. More information on that blog post as well. And is there anything else I could possibly say? I think that's it. I think that's it. Until next time, my friends, I encourage you to join the community. Join the community.